Hello, and welcome to CAR Legal Bedtime Stories. I'm your host, Neil Kalin. Today's story is titled, The Case of the Haunted House. Joining me today as guest narrator will be CAR attorney, Dana Spears. Let's get right into it, shall we? Paranormal Neil lived in an early 20th century two-story Victorian house in the suburbs of the big city that he bought at an estate sale. Neil shared the home, so to speak, with the now-deceased former owners, Dead Dave and Ghoulish Greta. In spirit, at least, if not in the flesh. It has been said that Dave and Greta died mysteriously one Halloween when the moon was full. Ever since, on every full moon, and each Halloween, dead Dave and ghoulish Greta would visit the Victorian and open and slam drawers and doors, shake chains, and appear and disappear throughout the evening, moaning and cackling as they did. The lore of Dead Dave and Ghoulish Greta was well known in the tiny town, as articles were written in the local paper. Neil even submitted an article about his home that was published in a national magazine. And for years, the Victorian was included in a walking tour of famous homes in the town, this particular one being described as a haunted house. Paranormal Neil did not mind the regular visitors and even seemed to relish the attention. I love people talking about me. But all good things must come to an end. Neil got a job as a consultant for a TV show about mediums and thus needed to sell the quaint colonial house and move to Hollywood paranormal Neil would seem quite normal. Nervous Norman had just retired and was looking for a quiet town and a nice home to spend his remaining years. He looked forward to peace and tranquility away from the stress and strain of the big city, which was wreaking havoc on his nerves. While traveling the countryside, he became aware of the Victorian for sale, fell in love with it at first sight, and made a full price offer of $650,000, a bargain compared to the prices in the city. The offer was accepted. He immediately placed the 5% deposit of $32,500 in escrow. Neither paranormal Neil nor his non-realtor real estate agent said a word about the monthly visits from Dead Dave and Ghoulish Greta. By chance, Nervous Norman just happened to be outside the Victorian when the walking tour happened by, and Norman learned all about the haunted house that he was in contract to buy. Norman immediately demanded the return of his deposit and sought rescission of the contract. But Neil responded, No way, old-timer! What's the problem? Are you afraid of a little ghost? Or two? I ain't afraid of no ghost. I need that moolah. 
to buy a one-bedroom condo in Hollywood. Besides, your contingency period is over. Suck it up, old man. Norman was afraid of a little ghost, or any size ghost for that matter. But he wasn't afraid of Neil. Norman sued. The jurisdiction where the property was located followed the legal maxim of caveat emptor, or buyer beware. The trial judge said there was no duty for Neil or his agent to speak, and Norman had a due diligence period which expired. Norman appealed. The appellate court, in a colorful opinion, reversed and ruled for Norman and against Neil. The appeals court reasoned that although ordinarily sellers have no affirmative obligation to speak, they cannot conceal material information either. Since Neil knew of a material fact that a buyer, particularly one from out of town, would be unlikely to discover, remaining silent was the equivalent of concealment. After all, the appellate court reasoned, a buyer would not anticipate needing a psychic to discover the ghostly inhabitants, and evicting such occupants is not as easy as getting rid of termites or dry rot. Who are you going to call, said the court, Ghostbusters? Neil tried to argue that the property was sold in its as-is condition. The court replied that such a clause referred to the property's physical condition, not paranormal phenomenon or poltergeists. The court further declared that if Neil insisted upon such a broad interpretation, the court would insist upon an equally broad interpretation of the occupancy clause that required the property to be delivered vacant and hold that Neil had breached that clause because he had delivered it with two ghosts in residence. What if this case were tried in California? Would the result be the same? Probably. First, California has not been a caveat emptor state for decades. Far from being buyer beware, California is more akin to seller take care. Sellers and real estate licensees each have a common law duty to disclose known material conditions affecting the value or desirability of the property, of which the buyer is unaware and cannot reasonably discover. Sellers and real estate licensees also have a statutory duty to disclose material facts, either on the TDS for sellers or the TDS or AVID for licensees. However, this case took place in 1989, and in the internet age, that is a lifetime ago. Today, Norman can probably learn all about the house and its haunted history with a simple Google search. Would that be enough to rule against Norman? Probably not. A general duty to investigate likely would be trumped by the seller's failure to disclose a known condition. It could go either way, but I suspect the courts would find the seller to be more at fault than the buyer. Second, could a haunting be considered a fact? In the scenario presented, Neil reveled in characterizing the house as being haunted and profited from it, at least in terms of notoriety. I love the attention. After all, he submitted an article for publication, he appeared in local media, and he promoted his home as being haunted. The California court 
would probably use its equitable authority to stop Neil from claiming there is no such thing as ghosts or a haunted house. Further, whether the seller agrees or not, a house with a reputation for being haunted could be considered stigmatized. And under the California case of Reed versus King, such a stigma would require disclosure, much the same as the occurrence of a multiple murder. Although, who knows? A haunted house in California might even be worth more than the same house without a ghostly presence. The disclosure might actually increase the property's value. Regardless, a buyer should be given a choice to decide for him or herself whether the haunting is a benefit or a detriment. So what did we learn from the case of the haunted house? One, disclosure is required whenever a material issue potentially affects value, whether the issue concerns a tangible physical item or not. Two, courts will find a way to create an equitable result, notwithstanding the existing state of the law. Three, if a seller is afraid to disclose because the disclosure might affect the purchase, that is precisely the type of disclosure that should be made. And finally, I think you have to admit, we are getting better with sound effects here on Legal Bedtime Stories. We have achieved a yet unrivaled level of effect awesomeness. The case of the haunted house is based upon the real-life 1991 New York appellate case of Stamvosky versus Ackley, 169 AD 2nd 254. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of CAR Legal Bedtime Stories. Join us again for our regular edition next time when we talk about the case of the missing penny. In the meantime, remember our motto here at CAR Legal Bedtime Stories. Stay tuned, stay out of trouble, and sleep well at night.